There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. And we coming from our basement to your headphones, barely even know who we are, but changing the unknown in a wild time. Thank you for downloading the podcast, The Anos. Now, here are your hosts, Jordan Hall and Eric Wayne. Welcome back to the podcast, Yanos. It is a special evening and a special episode. I am Jordan Hall, um, joined by Eric Wayne. We're always here. You guys know that. But we have a very special guest this evening, Emily Walden. Emily, thanks for taking some time to talk to us today. It is my pleasure. I'm happy to be here. Um, I'm sure most of the listeners are aware that you are a uh, Tigers minor league aficionado and um, you always have pictures from fun places. Um, enlighten, you're here to enlighten us what's going on down on the proverbial farm. That is correct. It's probably one of the biggest things that I've enjoyed this year, especially is that the Tigers have legitimate prospects for the first time in a long time, um, anywhere from Michael Fulmer, who's obviously not leaving Detroit anytime soon if he keeps up doing what he's doing, but guys like Jacoby Jones, Joe Jimenez, just some really exciting prospects overall, so it's made this season a lot of fun. Yeah, I bet. Eric, how are you? Oh, I Yeah, I get to participate in the podcast, too. I'm great. I'm, I'm wonderful. If, if I was any better, I'd be two people. I'm just that good. <laughs> So I don't know if you guys were watching the game this afternoon, but there was a lull, I don't know, middle innings, and Rod and Mario got talking about walk-up music. Um, I can't remember exactly what brought it up, but um, Mario said that he would pick a song by Rush. Is that, is that a band? Yes. Yes, it's a Canadian band with this oh. guy who sings super high, right? Sure. Am I making this up? Yeah, that's Rush, I think. Um, and Rod ruled that he would get something with a nice beat by Drake. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And after that, he went on to talk about how much he likes Drake. Um, then he said maybe he'd go with something by James Brown. And then finally, he wondered why more batters don't use music from Motown. Can you guys solve this puzzle? Why don't batters use music from Motown? Because it's old and baseball players are young. You know, if I could chime in on that, I think one of the Tigers minor league guys that would actually possibly use a Motown song to walk up to would be Wenton Bernard. Hmm. Um, I had the quote unquote pleasure of listening to him sing a rendition of Ain't Too Proud to Beg during a rain delay in uh, Toledo yesterday. And the video is up on my Twitter. um, And I ask that everyone take the time to watch and celebrate everything that is Wynton Bernard because it was an experience for sure. What's your handle? The people should know. The people should know. Oh gosh. It is at we found Waldo two. the number two was one not available. You are correct. <laughs> <clears throat> so uh, disappointing, but yeah, I, I, I've... definitely, uh, Eric, are you surprised that Drake, that, uh, Rod's a Drake guy? No, I'm not. Because it's, I don't know, I'm not big into the music scene, but Drake strikes me as kind of safe rap music. Am I wrong? I or I don't think so. And Rod, Rod would kind of travel in safe territory, I feel like. <laughs> 
that that does feel very well put. Um, so that brings us to this week's leadoff question. Uh, what would be your walk-up slash warm-up song? Emily, you're the guest. You can go first. Oh, gosh. I was giving this some thought earlier, and I was trying to figure out what would be the best one. Um, probably the new Justin Timberlake song. Okay. The dance the dance one, which I can't think of the title off the top of my head for whatever reason, but very happy song fits my personality. And I just, I enjoy that one. So that would be my take. Are you a big JT fan in general or just specifically the song? I actually am a big JT fan. Um, and that's a new, it's almost kind of like the new summer song. I think going to be one of those summer anthems, but yeah, I would definitely say I'm a JT fan. Yeah. JT's the man. We talked about it a couple, well, it was probably a couple months ago at this point about how, if we wanted somebody to remix the national anthem, we both agreed that we would pick JT to, to be the man for the job. What? We agreed to that. I don't remember (laughs) that at all. No, I I think that was more, more my idea. And I think you Uh, thought it was, it was stupid if I recall correctly. Just make up the history as you go. That's fine, Hall. <laughs> Eric, how about you? I would pick Peanut Butter Jelly Time by the Buckwheat Boys. <laughs> Do you know the song? I'm... So the Tampa Bay Rays have this great video of a mascot dancing in a banana suit to this particular song. It's Peanut Butter Jelly Time. It's really just funny and random. That's what I would pick. That's What a... about you, Hall? Well... My, one of my favorite artists is Lupe Fiasco. He's a rapper. So I picked one of his songs, The Show Goes On. But I was thinking more. You know the, the Waving Flag song from the like 2010 World Cup? Yes, I do. That uh, was my jam. Yeah, maybe I'd use that. What was that. his name? Kaza or Brizza or something was the name of that guy. I don't I, I don't know what know song that. you're talking about. Yeah. You come by waving flag to do do. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm down with you. <laughs> so if you have uh, an interesting song, you at home, not you too. I just heard yours. Um, have an interesting song. Tweet us and we will we will engage with you on the Twitters. Speaking of the Twitters, you can find me at Jordan Hall 23. Eric is at Comeric Eric. The show is at Podcastianos. And Emily, once again, you are at... We found Waldo number two. Number two. Um, the website is podcastianos.com, and we would love it if you would take the time to subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes. And Eric, if yes. you or someone else you know, and you all the listeners at home all, as well, let's try something this week. Okay. Th- think of one person that you know that likes the Tigers. Tell them about the show and how to listen. It could be the greatest gift that you ever give them. You know, if you're giving that to somebody as a gift, you're cheap. You're a cheap bastard. Or you're just resourceful. If, <laughs> I, if I tweet about it, does that count? Oh, that counts double. Maybe I even triple. I tweeted today, so I earned some brownie points. So many brownie points. Um, then if you do tell somebody, tweet the show and tell us who you told to listen, and we'll say, good job, high five. I, I probably won't do that. That sounds like work. Jordan, you, you can do that. Okay, I will. I'm Blaine Hardy, and you're listening to the podcast, Giannos. So this past week did not start off great. Um, playing in Anaheim, it never helps. We, ne- we never win out there. Um, Monday night, we spoiled another dynamite start from uh, Verlander. And then Tuesday, Anibal Sanchez gave up six earned over three. After the game, he was moved to the bullpen um, by Osmus. This always happens the night after we record stuff. Like, the interesting stuff always happens, you know, as soon as we release. Um, Eric, 11 starts. One of them was quality this season for Annie Ball. Was there a choice? I guess not. I I am totally reversing course from the last podcast where I'm like, oh, man, you really can't move them. You really can't do anything. you got to stick with them. But after the total dumpster fire that I witnessed that he pitched, I was fine. I changed my mind. I did. I totally changed my mind. I was like, you got to do something. Imagine an injury, you know, just skip him a start uh, or what they eventually did was send him to the bullpen. And I think he had to get to do something different. I wasn't cutting it. So we haven't used him yet out of the bullpen. Today would have been his scheduled start. So presumably from here on out, would you assume he's he's usable out of the pen? Yeah, I would assume so. 
Uh, Brad seemed to indicate he was going to use him into the low leverage situations. If nothing else, give him a break. Let him clear his head. Let him work on a few things and and try to restart him. You know. What what are you guys looking for out of him? Like out there, uh, obviously, like you say, low low leverage situations. He's probably going to be the long guy. Um, what do you? What do you? Are you thinking that this is a guy that come in and get you out of a jam, or is this somebody you're you know you're going to when there's you know up five, down five, etc.? I think that's what it's going to be. It's going to be the up five, down five for a little while until he can show you something. I mean, this isn't a, a guy I don't think who's like who's going to run out of the pen and give you several more miles per hour on his fastball because he's so amped. I think he's got what he's got. Um. I don't foresee some big Wade Davis kind of revival, do you? I no, I, I don't. I mean we talked about it last week that Shane Green has more of that, that stuff than than Annie Ball does. Annie Ball just seems like he's to the point where anything you can get out of him is better than what we're getting out of him as a starter. Well, that's true. Yeah. Um Boyd is at the first has had the first crack. Um Emily is is Norris knocking on the door down there at Toledo? I think he's definitely knocking. Um, I saw him yesterday for a while. Actually, had to avoid getting run over while he was chasing a frisbee. So that was a <laughs> that was a fun experience. So I could definitely attest to the fact that Norris was there. Um, he is putting up the numbers. I think that will give people the confidence to believe he should at least get another shot. I am personally stoked about Shane Green. I followed all of his minor league rehab starts that he had, and he just got increasingly better. So I think the blister is definitely a thing of the past. He looked sharp today, in my opinion, but I think Norris should see some time here soon. Yeah, you're talking about Shane Green. Two innings pitched uh, two days in a row, which I thought was kind of an interesting tactic from Osmus. Um, I feel like usually when you're easing guys back into relief, obviously Green has been a starter. You don't run him out there consecutive days. You don't get, you let him recover because it's not his usual routine. Um, what did you see, guys? What did you guys see velocity wise? It still looked like he was sitting around 95 today. Um, I kind of thought that he was his stuff was going to play up a little bit more out of the bullpen. I was outside. So I just caught up on the game. I actually am a poor podcaster, and I did not watch Tigers baseball today. <laughs> Maybe, Emily, do you have beautiful comments about this, Emily? You know, I have limited comments. I did catch part of his appearance, and basically what I saw I think was right about that 95 mark um, with him. I don't know if maybe there's a little bit of hesitance where he's just really kind of trying to find his groove again at that level. Um, He's never struck me as somebody who really gets mentally shook up. He seems like he's pretty level-headed for the most part, but it could just have been that he said, you know what, I want to find my groove. I want to make sure I can get back into it. And so he may have not tried to put too much smoke on it overall. Yeah, and that's probably a good idea i mean when he, the start against pittsburgh a couple of the starts earlier this year he was a little bit on the the wild side that's not something you want to come in and do is, is walk a bunch of guys um so i do don't you want... think he's going to continue to have blister problems is this the thing or do you think he just is healed up now he'd be good to go do you know about that what are blisters like who else drew smiley had a vicious blister was it two years ago uh, but i don't seem to think i don't seem to remember him having problems again with it do you I don't. I don't think it's kind of a, a chronic thing. I. I think it can be. Like if you're, I'm assuming it's how the ball like releases from his fingers, like the very end of the pitch. But yeah. you would imagine if it were something chronic, he would have had like that in the past, and it wouldn't I just suppose. be. Have um, you ever? Did you ever have blisters? All I didn't, but I didn't throw nearly as. as I was going to say. Guys. Um. So the release on my on my pitches were not were not the same as what Shane Green is dealing with. You weren't ripping the flesh from your fingertips with your velocity? No, I remember hearing Pedro talk, I want to say it was in the World Series a couple years ago, how like he could feel like almost a spark of friction like when he oh. released the ball every time. And it, they showed like his the callus he had, I think it was on his middle finger. It was just nuts. Um, huh. Yeah, so you know, maybe, maybe Shane Green will develop a callus, and I won't have to yeah. worry about that again. <clears throat> Interesting. So, so I don't want to spend a long time talking about this, but I do want to mention real quick that uh, yesterday, Saturday, um, Big Pelf outpitched Chris Sale. You might have heard of him. Wow. That was a big win. They stole that one, didn't they? Uh, yeah. Yes and no. I On mean, paper. Looking before that game. If you said, oh, yeah, 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 for sure. 
you know. Yeah, I thought you meant game flow. I'm like, no, 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 no. I mean, was, like it, back before the game, if you would have looked at it and you said, oh, the Tigers are going to win this one, you'd say, oh, heck, yeah, that's a good guess. <laughs> Even I wouldn't have said that. <clears throat> um, so we are one third of the way through the year. Um, the, uh, the, the third mark is 54 games, and it's we played game 56 today. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I wanted to run by some, some pace numbers for you guys. Uh, these are, you know, take the numbers of the players and times them by three. That has, you know, what they're on pace for for the season. And all yeah, stats man. are from before today's game. So that's that. Um, so let's start at the top. And th- these are just hitters. Um, I was running through the numbers of the hitters, and I realized there is way too much here. So we're not going to talk pitchers today. Just hitters. Are you guys comfortable with that? Sounds yes. lovely. It's actually kind of ironic because I feel like we usually focus too much on the pitching and stay away from the hitting. Okay, let's start at the top of the order. Ian, he is on pace for 138 runs this year. He scored 94 all year last year. Wow. That's a lot. That is a lot. Um, he's pacing career highs in home runs, RBIs, and runs. Um, he's, I, think I, I think I saw he's 33. He's off to an incredible start. Is there any reason to think that he can't kind of keep this rolling? I don't think so. He's just a good athlete. I mean, he's in good shape. He can do all kinds of things. Now, is he going to regress a little bit? Probably. But, I mean, there's no reason you say, oh, he's going to for sure fall off a ton. Yeah, and he's not a, he's not one of the big – a big body. You know what I mean? Like, right, yeah. He's, he's light on his feet. There's no reason to think that – you know, obviously fluke injuries happen, but he's certainly not an injury risk at this point. Right. I think, uh, like you say, I think there's room for regression and still him to still have an incredible season. I mean – I would agree with you too in, in, uh, in regards to that, Jordan, that he's um, – He's got a good flow going, but I think baseball in general is going to give you your hot streaks and then the the times where you level off and just kind of start to cruise a little bit. But also agree, he's an incredible athlete. I don't think he gets enough credit for what he does, and it makes it fun to watch him, you know, no matter if he's doing offense or defense. But I think that he's in a position where he could put up some really big numbers and might kind of fizzle a little bit, but I think he'll pick up momentum right where he left off. Speaking of momentum... Nick Castellanos, you want to hear his pace pace numbers? I'm yes. going to tell you whether you whether you want to hear him or not. He's on pace for 30 homers, 96 ribs, and he's hitting 316. So I feel like we can extrapolate that as 316. <laughs> um, he's kind of given us that production that we assumed that Upton would give us. No? Yeah. Yeah. Um, what is the most impressive uh, aspect of the start for you? Um, the power or the average? Oh, man, they're both really impressive. If you would have said those statistics to me about Nick before the year, I'd say you're insane. Um, I guess I probably would have said he could break out for 30 home runs, but he's going to hit around 265. That's kind of what I I guess that would be the less startling of the two, I guess. What do you think? Yeah, I and I, I didn't look up his batting average on balls in play, but I, I might... Uh, suggest that he's getting a, a hair lucky with the batting average. I mean, he's hitting the ball with authority, no doubt. Um, but yeah, I, I think the power sticks maybe a little bit more than the average. I don't think he's going all the way down to 260, but I wouldn't be surprised if he settled to more, somewhere in like the 280 range. Right. Well, and something I, mean, I found really cons- really consistent about him, especially from last year, is that his power has really gone up. Like, if you look at his ISO numbers, the thing about um, the scouting reports that I read up about him when people were first looking at him is that he had so much natural raw power. That was really one of the most appealing things to him. And one of the problems I was told by um, one of my sources with the team that they felt he may have been overcoached hmm. last year. Um, that there was. Can you explain that? Like, what do you mean? Yeah, um, as far as offensively, um, what I was told is they tried to tweak his swing a little. Um, okay. And that was right about the time where he started to dip. I forget what point of the season it was, but when he hit that really, really cold spell during last year, that was right about that same time. And a while past that, he suddenly went, you know what? This isn't me. This isn't the way I hit. I'm going back to what I know. And I think this year we're seeing 
what the Tigers wanted from him when they first drafted him. They Just saw like the power. Bit. Yeah, yeah, they saw the power. They saw the ability. He's another guy who he's got a good athleticism about him, not quite as fast, um, but he has an ability to really bring some much-needed power to the lineup. And so I think what we're seeing is the Nick that everyone wanted to see from the get-go, and he's just starting to really come into his own because he's young. You know, in the grand scheme of things, he is still very young. I think he's, what, 24, I believe. And so I think he's just kind of hitting his stride, and I have some really high hopes for him. Yeah, I mean, you see him at the plate. It's a little bit more see ball, hit ball kind of approach, I think. And, yeah, maybe he was overcoached. That's an interesting thing. Yeah, definitely. I hadn't heard that, but that's that's really interesting. Okay, let's move on. Um, J.D. Martinez currently sits at 255 with the batting average. Power number still, you know, great. Everything's great there. Are you are you guys a little surprised that the average isn't a little bit higher, especially considering how he uses all parts of the park? Um, as Rod would say, just, just like Mickey. I don't know. I, he does hit for so much power. Um, yeah, I guess I am surprised it's that low, but I, I think it will. I think it will gradually tick up. I don't know. I would agree with that. I think that he he is more of a power guy, and he's going to put up those bigger numbers. But I think I think it's going to see some change as the season progresses. But I would definitely agree with Eric on that. Yeah, and I do think. You, go ahead. Do you think the switch to the two? spot in the lineup influenced him at all or not do you think it changed his for better or worse i think it can i mean there's when you're in a in a run producing situation you have somebody behind you like nick um you know there's there's a little bit more pressure and you know not to say not to take anything away from castellanos but when you have miggy behind you versus when you have castellanos behind you or you know upton for when he was there um moving up i think it frees you up more to to get on base, whereas if you're hitting lower, you got to make sure that you're driving in the runs. I don't know. Maybe it's just a different approach at the plate, I guess. I like him moved back down now. Yeah. With the way Maven's been playing, I like Maven hitting too. If Maven can keep this up at all, I, I like JD lower. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Maven in the two spot essentially gives us what we were hoping that Upton was going to give us in the yes. two spot. Yes. Precisely that that athleticism and not I mean Maven obviously is a little bit more of a of a base stealing athletic whereas Upton is more they're both I I assume that that Upton was it was a solid base runner you know what I mean like right. going first to third etc cetera, etc cetera. okay let's move on to the RBI uh, we have let's see one two three four five guys that are on pace for ninety six RBIs or more. Yet we're twelfth in in, the, in Major League Baseball in runs scored. How does that work? That's so, math. I don't like math. So you're saying we have a lot of guys hitting a lot of RBIs, but we're not twelve because oh, we're twelfth. We should, you think you're saying we should be higher in runs scored? Yeah, I would. I would have assumed yeah. that you know five guys pushing hundred ribs. We're we're talking right. You know, so we're top, territory. We're, we're top heavy though. I mean, so you got the catcher spot, Iggy, and the center fielder before you recently being kind of black hole. So, I mean, you needed that kind of production from the top five guys to get even to the, to the 12th ranking. Yeah. yeah and some black hole in, in left field. I don't know if you're, yes, aware thank you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Good call. Speaking of, Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, I mean, it just kind of averaged it out. You needed those guys to do it in order to score that even that amount of runs. Yeah. I think that, I mean, we're probably going to see an uptick from Upton. We're probably going to see an uptick from the catcher spot. Uh, I just think that that stat bodes well for, you know, some positive regression for the for the, for the rest of the team. Yeah. Um, okay. Going back to the black hole in left field, Justin Upton, these are his, his uh, pace numbers. Nine homers, 36 RBIs, <laughs> 214 batting average, and 225 strikeouts. Yeah. That's not already. That's on pace. Yeah, that, that would be if if the you know second and third thirds of the season are like yes. this. That's what he'll be. Um, they can't be. They won't be. He has to come around, right? Yes. I've only been saying this ever since this podcast has been in existence. I've said, oh, Upton is going to be better. Upton is going to hit. 
How, what episode are we up to? Like 14 or something like this? I've said this for 14 straight weeks, and it has not happened. But it has it has to happen, right? It has to happen. Like it's got to happen. There are guys who just don't do it, and even if he like, like I I cannot wrap my my mind around the concept that Justin Upton won't at least be a league average outfielder. Like it has to happen. It has to happen. I was well, gonna part of it comes through too that you know his history. Yeah, exactly. You know what he's capable of, and so I think we have every reason in the world to trust that he will come around. But it's just it's mind blowing. Looking at the strikeouts, it makes no sense. And Tiger's Twitter just keeps you know piling on it, and hopefully Justin's not on Twitter because that that's just it's bad for everyone really. But like, I get it. Like he's been terrible, and you watch him game after game. It's frustrating. But, I mean, before you click 140 tweets, oh, Justin Upton's the worst. He's never going to hit. Like, Justin Upton has been in the running for MVP awards. Like, it has to happen. Let's hope. Let's hope. We should, should we do some kind of, like, uh, you know, curse removal ceremony or just do some kind of, you know, sacrifice a virgin or something, you think? Sure. I mean, <laughs> I, I don't see why not. There's probably no virgins in Traverse City, but, I mean, somewhere <laughs> you can find some. But, you know what I think tish. would actually be very effective? What's that? They just need to buy him a duck tank top. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Solved. Yeah. Problem solved. You're yeah. welcome. Get yeah, on. share your freaking tank tops. Let's go. Come on, Nick. Yeah, Come Nick. Nick's the problem. <laughs> um, speaking of problems, Jose Iglesias, very divisive character among Tigers Twitter. He's hitting 230 on the year, but in the last week he went uh, 6 for 19. Which I don't know. That's what pushing three hundred. Some my math's not real great. Um, only nine extra base hits on the year. Does that concern you a little bit? I'm not a big concerner of things. Mm, okay. But I mean, yeah, it should be better. But I don't know. His career average is like two eighty something in five hundred at bats or whatever. Mm. I mean, I think he'll get better. Yeah. Um... That's not a hot take, but (laughs) I think he'll be better. We talked on one of the first episodes of the show that we don't really know kind of what Iglesias is. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know that we know any better now. Like, could when I when coming in the year, you if you had said Iggy's going to hit two thirty first half of the year and three thirty second half of the year, I'd be like, yeah, sure, that seems possible. It's like, possible. Like, I feel like there's no outcome that's out of the realm of possibilities with Jose Iglesias. If he hits 400 for the rest of the year, I'd be like, hey, I could see it. If He's he... not going to hit for a lot of power, but his average numbers could fluctuate. Yeah. Um, the one thing that I think is really interesting is he kind of gets a little bit of a free pass just because of how, like, outrageously exciting he is. He has as, uh, his, let's see, defensive war is only 12th best in the major leagues among shortstop. That's like, that's average. That's average. And I, I love Jose. Like, he's so much fun. But he's, that's average. And he's he's a zero overall war guy. I was going to, yeah. I mean, maybe maybe he's an average shortstop. Yeah. I and be, you know what, for us, maybe that's okay. Yes, I, I agree with that. that. That's a really interesting point because we have a lot of, I mean, I didn't run the numbers on, And I always say run the numbers like it's some sort of calculation I do. I didn't look up the war of everyone else on the team. But we have a lot of really high positive war guys. Like, it's okay to have a shortstop that, you know, can produce a miracle at times. And maybe he doesn't, you know, do all of the little things right. And if any kind of metrics are suspect, it's defensive metrics. Yeah, right. Those are the most, you know, those are the most uh, hard to pin down. So, yeah, it's hard to say, but he the he looks better than his numbers have said consistently, and I'll, you know if you put some credence into the numbers, and I do, yeah, he's a more average than what he, his flair shows. Yep, I'm agree- I'm agreeing. I'm agreeing. With cool, you. finger guns, finger guns. Um, okay, one <laughs> one more player before we get to uh, some of the minor league talk. James McCann kind of dealt with some injuries early in the year. Kind of had a start, uh, stop and start season, um, but he's currently hitting um, a buck seventy four. He only has three extra base hits on the year, and he's hitting a buck thirty two against righties, which, as you know, is the majority of major league pitchers. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I did look at his batting average on balls and play stats. 
last year, his batting average on balls in play was 325. This year, it's 236. I think there's a pretty decent chance that McCann isn't as good as he was last year, but is significantly better than he is this year. Does that make sense? Yeah, I'm agreeing. Yeah. Um. So I, I think you got to pl- platoon the snot out of those guys, right? Salty's only hitting a buck ninety-two against um, righties himself, <sighs> so that that doesn't really help. But you have to assume that that you would correct spots, itself. I, I didn't look at his career yeah. numbers against righties, but I would imagine they're probably a little higher than that. McCann will get better, a little bit better. Yeah. Okay, let's move on to some of the minor league stuff, as I have it in my notes. Um, I'm really excited <laughs> to hear to hear about this, despite my the lack of selling it there. Emily, tell us about Jacoby Jones's return from suspension. As the the listeners that have been with us for a while know, I really, you know, smile emoji with heart eyes, uh, Jacoby. It's honestly, it's really hard. I don't know if I'd use the same analogy, but close. Um, it's it's really hard to not get excited about Jacoby. Um, when I was over in Erie, um, I want to say it was about two weeks now, um, watching him play in person for the first time, you sit there and go, why did Pittsburgh let this kid go? Like, that was the first question that I had. Why did they let him go? He was part of the Soria deal um, from uh, from way back when, and he really is a complete package. I mean, he's got the speed, he's got the power, he's got the instincts, he's got basically the blueprint of what a team looks for. And getting to see that in person for the first time was really exciting. Yeah, I saw him down um, in Lakeland, and I'm I'm six three, like I'm I'm a big dude. And he walks up to me, I'm like, dang, Jacoby Jones is a big dude. He has that like. I don't know. I feel like they always talk about it with Darren McFadden. Like, you look at him and you think, that guy's a football player. Like, when I look at Jacoby Jones, I think, man, he can play some baseball. I would definitely agree that he's got the physique for it. Um, the cool thing that I really noticed when I was watching him play is that you can always see the wheels turning, whether he's at the plate or whether he's in the field. And the, the two games that I caught, he did play center field for both of those. But he's actually been making, I would say in the last couple of days, he's been making a lot of infield starts, um, specifically at third base. Hmm. And so I think the Tigers right now are kind of trying to feel him out a little bit and just see, okay, where can he be utilized the best um, and where can he uh, make the most impact overall? Where does he come? Like, at what point in his development do you think he's at? I'm trying to, like, you say that, and that immediately makes me think replacement for Romine or Avilas. Like, is he ready to come up and more or less contribute, but maybe in a way that would stunt his development? Like, is he that close? I don't think he's that close. I think he's on the fast track. Um, I think that the Tigers have their eye on him very, very closely. I know there was a couple front office guys in Erie when I was there, um, watched them sitting near me and overheard some conversation. What I've been told, I talked to um, Parrish about it. Excuse me. Talked to Parrish about it a little bit. I know Alan Trammell mentioned this as well. They're all seeming to like him the best in center field. Hmm. Uh, they all mentioned it. I actually asked Jacoby after one of the games that I went to, I said, do you enjoy it out in center field? He got a big old grin on his face, and he said, I really like being able to be out there because he can use his speed. He gets really, really good jumps on the ball, and I think it gives him a chance to show really what he's capable of doing. That's interesting. Um, I, I because he he obviously has the power and he has some speed. Are we looking at a, a future leadoff man, or is this more of a heart of the order kind of bat? I would say probably more heart of the order. Um, I think he's a guy that you'd want to bring up with the hopes of having a few guys on um, when he does come up. Um, I was actually looking at some of his numbers today. He's uh, he's pushing 300 ISO, so that tells you about his power right there. Um, he's been punching doubles left and right. He's up to, I want to say, not quite 20 games yet, but it might be close to that now. He's got 20 RBIs. Um, he's got a 977 OPS, wow. so that tells you something there, too. 589 slugging. He's He hasn't really come to a point where people are going, oh, I don't know about this guy. He's given everybody everything that they need to see in him to say he's definitely got something going. But I think because of the suspension, because he had a late start in the year, I think they want to give him some more more games under his belt before they really decide what move to make. What do you make of that suspension? Is that a big deal? Is that a character thing or is that a nothing? 
I personally was proud of the league for holding on to their policy. Um, I know in the past it's been frowned upon because, you know, this player, that player got a slap on the wrist and people said, well, they should have gotten more than that. To me, the league is being consistent and not playing favorites. And I think that that sends a message that, hey, if you're going to commit to playing this game, we're going to have to have you deal with the consequences if that's the choice you make. He completely owned up to it. He said, you know, I made a bad decision. It's not going to happen again. And he is completely focused on playing. You could tell by the way he interacted. Um, the guys on the team have mentioned that they're really enjoying having him there. And he's just got he's got a ridiculous work ethic. He comes out to play. He knows the importance of uh, the opportunity he's been given. And I think he's really locked in right now. Um, maybe maybe we'll uh, end all of the player discussions. When do you think we will first see him, and when, when do you think uh, in Detroit, and when do you think he's going to stick in Detroit? That's really going to have a part to do with the logjam that's currently in Toledo right now. Okay. It's, um, there's some very interesting lack of position players in certain areas, and then there's almost like a clogging up of other people to where they're kind of having to figure out where to put who, who to move, who to not move. It's kind of a mess right now. I've talked to people in Erie and Toledo both, and what I think the Tigers are trying to do is figure out who's making the most impact and what positions. And then I think once they get those pieces put together, I think he's going to jump up to AAA pretty quickly. I wouldn't be surprised if they move him up this year. As far as the Tigers, I'm going to say 2017, okay. but something could shift at the end of the year. He may be a September call-up. It's it's hard to say at this point, depending on how the Tigers do, but my prediction is going to be 2017 for Detroit. Gotcha. See, the, the, this is the thing um, that I've, I've been curious about since spring training is if Mabin, you know, Knock on wood, it doesn't happen. But if Maven goes down again at this point, is he the guy that gets the call? And I think that's really intriguing. Um, let's move on. Uh, Christian Stewart is having himself a, a nice year down in Lakeland. Um, all kinds of power. Everyone knows about the power. But is he a complete hitter? You know, I would say that he is. I think he's got the bat speed. I think he's got just this ridiculous power. I mean, it was it was something that really stood out when he was at Tennessee. Um, he put up really impressive numbers at Tennessee. Offensively, he's got the total package. Defensively, I think it's another story. And so I think it's going to come down to the fact if the team sees him valuable enough offensively to move him, Defensively, I think he's still got a lot of work to do. Well, to be fair, I mean, he's still he's still a couple years out, correct? I would say so. Victor, I mean, he's not going to be around forever. The DH spot will will open up. Um, do you see him sticking in the outfield, or is it maybe a move to first base kind of situation? You know, his it, I would say that he would probably have to shift um, if he were going to want to move up to the higher levels, just because his arm is not that strong. Okay. Um, he doesn't have a terrible arm, but he he lacks a little bit in arm strength. Um, isn't very fast, and so chasing down fly balls, I think, is a little bit more of a challenge. <laughs> So it, it very well could be something where they do shift him in, but then looking at the Tigers infield right now, it comes down to where would they put him? I know as long as Mickey has breath in his lungs, he's not going anywhere. <laughs> um, so that's something where it just comes down to, do we shift him around? They're doing that right now with uh, Dominic Ficicello, who was an infielder for a very long time. They've been trying him out multiple times in left field with Erie this year. So that's something I think where they're testing it out and saying, where can we put you? You're valuable to us, but where are you going to be able to play and actually get some some real playing time? Yeah, that makes sense. Um, how, how, <laughs> I feel like the inevitable comparison with him is Stephen Moya. Um, is, is he going to have this massive truther following like Moya has that <laughs> regardless of what the numbers say, uh, you know, he has his backers who can't, he can't hear anything else? I would say so because you have those those loyalists that, you know, two games into the season, you have a guy who hits a home run and, and someone will shout from the rooftops, why is he not in Detroit? You know, and they don't look at any of the rest of his numbers. But I think that's just baseball in general. I think you have the, the zealots that <laughs> are always giving their two cents even when it's not required. So he's definitely one who's he's garnered a following very quickly because of the numbers he's put up. 
was really sharp in West Michigan last year. I got to watch him play about half the year in West Michigan. Um, just a really, really focused guy, a really level-headed guy. He understands the game. I would love to see him succeed, but I think defensively is probably going to be the biggest area where he'll need some work. Eric, are you going to the Truther meetings yet? Oh, always Kristen Stewart. He's awesome in Twilight. <laughs> Kristen forever. <laughs> okay, let's move on. Um, Joe Jimenez, guy who's made a lot of headlines recently. Um, I was texting with Jim Price. He wants to hear about his arsenal. <laughs> Oh, Joe, 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 Joe. Joe is at right now. I'm going to try and quote my math off the top of my head here. I want to say he has surpassed just this year, 20 scoreless innings consecutively. Adding last year, I want to say he's pushing 25, 26 consecutive. So that, that is something that is definitely going to grab attention. I mean, he was already getting a lot of buzz last year before he even got to West Michigan work through West Michigan, he's he's ridiculous. I mean, getting to watch him, I was in Erie, got to see his double-A debut. There was no difference in the way he approached it. He's got really a very mature head on his shoulders um, for being just 21. I mean, he's a young kid, but he walks out there, and I, I talked to him after the game a little bit, and he said, you know what, I know what I'm supposed to do. He said, I know what I'm supposed to do, and he said, I understand what this league is going to be like, and he said, I'm just here to do my job. So he's cut from the Rondone cloth, I hear. I'm hoping in a more positive way. (laughs) Yeah, that's definitely sarcasm. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, is is he a guy we could be looking at as a September call-up? I would not be surprised. I will say that right now. I will not be surprised because, I mean, he's pushing consistently. I would say his fastball averages anywhere from – 95 96 he i saw him hit 98 i think once in the area i saw him at 100 once or twice last year in west michigan he's got a ridiculous arm and the nice thing about it though is when i talked to him in erie he is really working to develop his secondary um he said he's really really pleased with his slider he's been working on his slider a lot lately trying to really get more of a um, more of a variety of uh, pitches to mix up because when you've got a 98 mile an hour fastball and then you change it up with you know 74 mile an hour offering you're going to keep guys really off balance and so him having that understanding of what's expected I think he will definitely be looked at as a possibility for September yeah absolutely um, who are some other names that we should have on our radar uh, in, in the Tigers minor league system um, I would say right now, um, infield-wise, Will Maddox. He's he's definitely one at the top of my list. Um, I was just kind of reading over some stuff of his today, and he has hit. He had an eleven-game hit streak that was broken yesterday, I believe. Um, West Michigan dropped. I want to say one or two games in their road series, and then he hit again today. So he has actually hit in uh, twelve of his last thirteen games. Um, consistently. He's not a power hitter. Um, he's not somebody that you're going to see hit a lot of home runs, but he really is good at finding the holes in the field, um, drives the ball really, really well. And he's a little bit older. I want to say he's about 23, but he missed most of last year with a broken foot. So he's coming into the, to the year now saying, okay, I've got some time to make up and I really have to to pick up speed. And he's been doing that and doing it really, really well. So he's definitely one for sure. Um, one more question before we move on to Eric's power rankings. Uh, this comes from listener Jacob, and Jacob, I will pronounce your last name incorrectly, Skaronek, maybe? Um, he wants to know, is Derek Hill Anthony Ghost, and maybe give a player comp for, for Derek Hill? Oh, Derek Hill. Uh, <laughs> Derek is somebody that we watched last year, and I know Eric can probably attest to this a little bit too. <laughs> we just all really wanted to see Derek healthy. Um, because you really can't get a full understanding of what a player can do when you only get to see him play a quarter of the season. And last year was really kind of a taste of that. This year he has been more active. I want to say he's been on the DL once this year. Um, He is somebody that I am still personally waiting to be sold on. Um, He really is, he's ridiculously fast. He has speed working for him. He's got a very good arm. Um, from the outfield, but as far as his build goes and as far as his numbers, I have to say I'm not 
personally sold on seeing him fly forward at a really quick pace. I think there's definitely potential there, but it's something where I'm still kind of waiting to see really those big numbers come into play to where I can say, yeah, he's going to move ahead. But as of right now, still a little bit, a uh, little on the fence with that one. I'll be more bold. I don't think he's very good and I don't think he will be. <laughs> okay. I mean, you have to be diplomatic, but I don't. And I, I just never saw it with Hill. Like he's maybe he's going to be a three tool player. I mean, mm-hmm. he's just, he's too, he's, I don't know. Maybe he's going to fill into his body and learn how to hit. But until then, I'm not sold on Derrick Hill. Yeah, the, I would say uh, that is another thing, too, because he uh, he's over six foot, I believe. I want to say he's six one, six two. He is thin. He, yeah. he doesn't have a lot of meat on him, and I think that's going to play into part of it. His power really isn't there. He will drive a lot of bloop singles, and he'll turn them into doubles or triples because of how fast he is. But as far as really, really driving the ball with a lot of power behind it, I don't think we're going to expect a lot of that from him. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Eric, are you ready to go to your power rankings? Oh, um, uh, I am so ready. I've been waiting just to unleash power rankings on you people. Um, oh, we have choices, as always, about power rankings. Um, we have uh, still here, uh, ready to go, models of minivan. You know, just different types of, of minivan. Minivans are... You know, the double sliding doors and all that kind of thing. You know what a minivan <laughs> we're, is. We're familiar with minivans, yes. Yeah. Or we have characters on mario kart wii (laughs) so you're firing up your wii you got the little plastic steering wheel and now it's time to choose your character so this is characters on mario kart emily you're the guest i think you should get to choose you know i honestly i think we should go with the mario kart (laughs) there you there you have it mario kart it is of course, this is the top seven and bottom three Mario Kart Wii characters. Starting at number seven is Mario. Now, Mario is um, he's a medium-sized character. He's kind of bland. It is called Mario Kart. It's his thing. Uh, but he's he's solid. I prefer the medium-sized characters, not the real heavy or the lights. I prefer the heavy to the lights. But Mario is a fine choice if you want to be a square. <laughs> All right, you can pick Mario. Number six is Peach. Peach. You know, uh, a lot of guys choose female characters in their gaming. You know, so, you know, this isn't quite as nice to look at as Tomb Raider or something like that. But, you know, it's Peach. Are they doing it to be, like, ironic? Is that what? No, I mean, if you're going to, like, I'm not a gamer, so I don't know. But I hear the theory is, like, if you're going to stare at the back end of a character for, you know, eight hours a day, you might as well have it be, uh, you know, a nice female character. That feels weird. <laughs> not going to lie. No? You're not buying that? I'm uncomfortable with that. All right. It's I, Peach. I definitely buy that. I just, it makes me, it makes me uncomfortable. Go, go ahead. With the Peach. Okay. Peach and when she jumps, like, her dress, like, flips up, and that's kind of interesting. I don't know. <laughs> I've always been a fan of Peach. I tend to use her whenever I play, so. She's, yeah, she seems like kind of a, she could be more assertive, I feel like. Peach is kind of a, you know, come rescue me, you know, kind of shy, bashful, I can't take care of myself. You know, she's not a strong, independent woman who don't need no man. She needs a man, and that's not, that's not healthy. That's, that's Peach, that's six. Number five is Waluigi. Waluigi is angry and skinny and just yells. This is the Chris Sale of Mario Kart, <laughs> is Waluigi. He's number five. I like him just because he's so lanky. He's got limbs going everywhere when he jumps. It's all right. 
Uh, number four is Baby Peach. Baby Peach is the only small character to make the top seven. And it's just funny because Baby Peach is adorable and just kind of ridiculous. She jumps over a thing. She's like, Baby Peach makes that sound. I like I like playing Baby Peach sometimes. Number three is Luigi. Luigi is higher than Mario because he's not Mario. And Mario's bland and boring. Uh, Luigi's a medium-sized character, which I prefer. prefer to go with medium in the classic dragster. Okay, for my Mario Kart weeing. Um, he's kind of the underdog. You know, the big brother gets all the attention. You know, also in the new versions, Luigi kind of gives these, like, passive-aggressive looks, which I like. <laughs> I like silent anger. Before we move on, um, which of the Romine brothers is Mario and which is <laughs> Luigi? Well, I would probably say Austin is slightly more pudgy, and he's the catcher. He's got to be Mario. That would make Andrew Luigi. Alright. And yeah. bo- both have mustaches. That's how you know it's a, it's a good analogy. Yeah, yeah, I suppose so. It's a solid analogy. Okay, uh, where are we? Number two is Bowser. I like being Bowser because he just growls. He's angry. He's evil and spiky. He's got these big spikes. He likes like he's chomping on things. I like to see that when I'm driving around. You know, you can't swerve and like take out the next SUV next to you when you're going to Meyer to get some milk. But when you're playing Mario Kart, if you want to drop a red shell on somebody's ass, I want Bowser to be doing that. Okay? Okay. okay. Continuing in that theme, number one, the best character in Mario Kart Wii is Wario. I love Wario because he's, like, pudgy and angry, and he goes, I'm a Wario. I'm going to win. And, uh, you know, he's just... He's kind of a fat slob, and you don't think he's going to do good, but he always does. He's the Bartolo Cologne <laughs> of Mario Kart Wii. I love Wario. He's number one. Boom. So okay. do all of these guys have, like, uh, ethnically stereotypical Italian accents? Yeah, I mean, if they're not, like, dinosaurs or mushrooms or something, yeah. Fair enough, because the dinosaurs and mushrooms can't be Italian, for sure. <laughs> I guess not. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, like Yoshi is, uh, I don't know what these people are. They're, it's, they're fictional characters, Hall. Don't <laughs> think too much about it. All right. Number, okay, the worst, the worst one, starting third from the worst, is Donkey Kong. Donkey Kong makes these horrible noises. He's like, it's not even like a, a gorilla noise. Like, get your life together, Nintendo, and give them some good gorilla noises or whatever. Donkey Kong's horrible. Number two from the worst is Toad. Toad is a whiny bitch. I ain't going to just say it. This is a mushroom. He's just like tooling around. He's like, wee. He's like whining all the time. Don't be Toad. All right. Number one, the very worst Mario Kart Wii character is King Boo. King Boo is horrible. King Boo is just like this white sphere with a crown. You're not even trying to make a good character. And it makes horrible, like, squawking noises when you just... Stop it, Nintendo. King Boo is the worst. Is it supposed Never... to be a ghost? Yeah. It's, yeah, yeah. It's trash. It's... <laughs> Sounds like straight trash. Trash ghost. <laughs> Hello, this is Eric's mom. And you're listening to the Podcast Yanos. All right, let's move on to next week. This week was okay. Next week... It's going to be, I don't know if it's going to be a good week or a bad week, but it should be an, an entertaining week. Um, Monday through Wednesday, we host the Blue Jays, who are, are good. Um, Monday, it's Fulmer against Jay Happ. Tuesday, Matt Boyd against Aaron Sanchez. And then Wednesday, our boy Jay Zim, Jay Swim, against R.A. Dickey. And I'm trying to decide if we're going to mash R.A. Dickey because he's a knuckleballer, or if we're going to have no luck against him whatsoever because he's, you know, a slop thrower. He's not How's left- he been? He- I haven't heard about him much lately. 4.21 ERA. That's what I have written down. Still chucking those knuckleballs, huh? Yeah, it's like it's like heat, heat knuckleballs. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and then uh, the weekend series. Dude, Dickie got the booty, Dickie do. What? Sorry. It's cold. I like Biggie. I like I like seeing knuckleballers. Yeah, Steve Sparks. Yeah, he he was an Eric Wayne favorite for sure, right? Oh yeah, of course. Absolutely. Hey, who's the um guy for the Red Sox who's throwing a knuckleball? That's nasty, uh, right? Is Steve, it right? Yeah, Stephen Wright. 
Have you seen any of his starts or watched him pitch at all? Uh, I just saw some gifts in it. It's just nasty. I like, ha- it's not I've actually seen him live and w- came away like um, wildly unimpressed. And oh. then <laughs> he goes out and does this. So I, I know little. Was he a conventional pitcher for a long time? And that switched? I don't he- know. I could, I could text him after the show and find out. But Thanks, Paul. Okay. Um, let's see. Where okay, we- so we got the Blue Jays, and then who after the Blue Jays? Uh, going to the stadium to face the Yanks. Um, Big Pelf against CeCe, who beat... Uh, oh, that's it's a ma- rematch from the April. Um, <laughs> this is the second start, uh, or the second series of the year. Um, CeCe out-dueled Big Pelf. Um, then <laughs> Verlander and Tanaka on Saturday. And Fulmer against Michael Pineda on Sunday, who beat Boyd just this past Thursday. Okay, so this is the time of the week that we each pick um, what the record will be. Emily, you are our guest, so you can go first. Oh, gosh, that is a lot of pressure. You're saying the record for... Just yeah, how many games is there? Seven games or six uh, games? Just six, just six this week. Six games. Six this week. games. I'm going to say four and two. Okay. Eric? We're going to win all six. Really? All six of these games. Yes. The Blue Jays do not frighten me at all. And the Yankees. Yeah, we're going to win all six of these games. All right. I will go. (laughs) I'm going four and two also. Um, The Boyd versus Aaron Sanchez matchup. Like, that's that's a tough one. But in each of the other five, you you look at it and you think, we got the edge in the starting pitching. Like, Fulmer? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I'm maybe a little bit more tilted towards Big Pelf than most. But... I can see him taking down CC in the rematch. It's like a heavyweight fight rematch. Um, Verlander, the way him and Falmer are pitching, absolutely. Um, any hitters that you guys are specifically excited to watch play this week? I just want to see Bautista get punched. Maybe some more of our guys will punch Bautista. That'd be good. Who 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 would you like to see punch Bautista? Um, I feel like there's one real obvious answer here. The most likely would be Kinsler, Kinsler yeah, but sure. I would definitely say Kinsler because I've always said if I was ever at a bar where a fight broke out, I would pray that I had Kinsler with me because yeah. he would just kick butt and I would feel very safe. Yeah. yeah uh, too bad Moya's gone. He was enormous. Who's the biggest player on our team left? Uh, need somebody huge. Maben's really big. Is he? Yeah. yeah. He's in cleats. He's he's really tall. Yeah, maybe uh, he he seems like more of a pacifist. That's true. Yeah, I want a fighter. <laughs> yeah, Maven always seems super smiley. Like he seems like a real yeah. cool dude. Oh, Emily, I forgot before we, before we end the show, we have to talk about Verley and Ninja Purtle on the hill. <laughs> and what a what a beautiful day it was in Lakeland that day. <laughs> Gosh, of all the games to have been at, like for all of the minor league season anywhere, that would have been the one to have been at. Sure. That was one of, and the funny thing was too, there was actually a really, really unusual game that was going on in Toledo that same day. And the funny thing about it was, is Jordani, I always butcher his name, Veldespin, who yeah. is with Toledo right now, he hit the game tying Grand Slam, I believe, in the ninth. This game went 13 innings. He tied it up in the ninth with a grand slam and actually had to come in to pitch in like the 12th, maybe, (laughs) and had a bulk called on him by the umpire, to which Lloyd McClendon went out and had a few colorful things to say to the umpire, reminding him, this guy isn't even a pitcher. You can't call on him. So it was one of those nights, but um, the nice thing about it was... um, Verlander didn't give up any runs, and neither did Pearl. So it was a beautiful day, and I'm sure they both got a good laugh out of it in the end. If you want to get in touch with the show, you can at podcastianos.com. Emily, where can we find your work? Uh, Right now I'm currently writing for a website called 2080 Baseball. So that's the number 2080 Baseball. I'm doing player evaluation, shooting photography, and I also have a couple other projects in the works. So stay tuned for some more fun things coming up. And we can follow you at? We found Waldo 2, as in the number 2. That'll do it. 
That'll do it. I am at Jordan Hall 23. Eric is at Comeric Eric, and the show is at Podcastiano. So you can subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes. That would be lovely. Anything else to say to the listeners before we head out for the week? I would say there's just some fun stuff coming up in the world of minor league ball. So definitely stay tuned. Should see some uh, some fun things happen this week. Eric. Uh I love all of you listeners. Thanks for listening. Oh, that's so nice. That's all. I have affection for each of you. We love you too, Eric. Oh, I feel like we had a moment. <laughs> With that being said, eat them up, tigers. Eat them up, and we will catch you guys later. Goodbye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.